Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. Matthew, you know what I should have done? I should have gotten a little song and like played it on my phone by the mic. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one. What's up? We are in a hotel room in uh, sunny Southern California, San Diego, and we're here to talk about, spoiler alert, the first and only loss of the Nisa regular season. The first loss, Matthew, since Flower City last year in the regular season. No. Did we lose one after Flower City? Uh, in the regular season, it was Syracuse on the road, the game so, that we all blotted out of our memory. I, that one never happened. Uh, <laughs> so the first loss in the regular season since Syracuse. Matthew, quick uh, quick take, hot take, how you feeling? I mean, we didn't play very well. Uh, you can say that again. It looked like we were – it looked like we had played the same team uh, within three days, uh, 2,000 miles away. Uh, looked looked tired, looked lethargic. Mm. Uh, the, the the passing wasn't crispy. The passing, uh, crispy. nothing nothing was sharp. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. And, and and like that that honestly goes for for both us and LA. Like neither team looked like they wanted to be there. Uh, I, I think it was it was almost destined to be a nil nil draw, and then we almost accidentally scored, and it kind of woke the game to life. And I'm not sure we were totally prepared for the game being woken to life. Yeah, so it was, I mean, like, nobody was shooting the ball, right? Like, there was basically, felt like no shots on goal, felt like. Um, it didn't feel like anybody was creating any super dangerous things, like either team was going to, I mean, they felt like a nil-nil draw until we finally got the goal. And then, yeah, things opened up, and we conceded a, a dumb penalty that, May or may not have been like technically a penalty, right? It's hard to tell if he hits him, but you just can't stick your leg out there. And also, we let in a, the first like probably good team goal we've let in all season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and both of those sequences came from uh, a period where where LA had a had the ball and and not a very dangerous kind of place and situation, and we had the press on, and they were able to play through our press and and opened up the field. Uh, which occasionally happens, but our team, you know, the defense has been good enough to recover and yeah. and, and deal with whatever situations come their way. This is the first time we didn't deal with it uh, on the 80th minute equalizer, and it ended up ended up costing us. There's um, there's some things, there's some other extenuating circumstances in this game, some choices that we made. Um, but let's start talking about the lineups and where we were. Um, well, so let's go back to the home game. Uh, yeah. The home game against LA Force first. Which was uh, less than four days before this. Yeah, so that was Sunday, um, a week from recording, a week from release. Um, Sunday we played we played LA Force at home. That's a 3-1 game final. We went up three goals, um, two in the first half, one in the second. And then LA got a, a, a goal back on a rebound in about the 74th minute. And... Uh, so let's go through the lineups there. Um, in goal, no surprise, John Antoine. Right back, Jung Woo So, uh, who who took over for the injured Colin Stripling. Uh, if you remember from the the match before Sunday, was the uh, the Apotheos friendly, and Colin was subbed off injured in that one. Uh, he did not make the trip to California, um, and 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 Jung Woo started on Sunday, and then again on again on Wednesday. Uh, he was replaced by Capazucci in the 61st minute uh, with a bit of an injury scare, but obviously that turned out to be you know, no big deal. And- Anatoly Prepolitsa, Aiden Bowers, Joseph Perez rounding out the back line. 
Uh, Richard Alex and Luis Garcia Sosa, no surprise there in midfield. Uh, Luis was replaced by Beto in the 80th minute on, on Sunday. And then uh, Matiah Mwape, Jesus Zabara, Marcus Nagelstad up front. Um, one Louis came in uh, in the 75th minute right after, I believe right when, uh, when LA scored. They went ahead and made that sub. And, uh, I mean... I don't. So let's, if we go yeah. back to Sunday, and I realize little that double you dose, of, little double dose of LA Force reviews. Yeah. I hate this, but okay. Well, so if you didn't really see this game because uh, you were at a wedding, um, I, I don't know if we necessarily played really well in this game. I think what we did get is we got a goal in the first shot of the game, always uh, nice, which is which is very very helpful. I would a uh, really a really like nice one of those today. a really nice series of of uh, of interplay between Alex McGrath and Luis Garcia Sosa. Uh, one of those goals that we don't. Score a ton of, but we'd like to score a ton of. Uh, where Luis just kind of slipped a ball. That, that first goal is just really good play. I know it's the first shot of the game, but like, it's, no, it's 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 great setup. It's great recognition from the from the two midfielders, and it's excellent interplay. It's actually very similar to that Brian Beamant, um, Darwin Long, I think it was goal two seasons ago. Where I just remember looking at you and being like, "That's what a professional goal looks like." Yeah, a player holding their run, making a release. Like it, it looks like the kind of goal you could see. Uh, every week watching the Premier League, that type of goal. Um, not every goal that we or other teams in Nisa score look like that, which is why that one sticks out and felt really good. The second goal came... Uh, in I did see that one live. I was watching live when that the, happened. The second goal came in the 44th minute. Uh, LA is on the attack. They they kind of play a ball through, and Anatoly makes it just a giant clearance. And that clearance goes straight to Jesus Sabara, who has a disgusting first touch, and then super crafty third, fourth, and fifth, or second, third, fourth, and fifth, and you know, kind of plays his way out out of two different defenders that are that are closing in on him, and it just opens his body to the middle of the field, and he's got Alex McGrath streaking down the right side of the field. He plays an unbelievable ball to lead Alex, who takes a touch or two, and then just lines up and fires from a tough angle, and 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 right in that like right really really close to to the keeper. Uh, who just can't quite like, get a foot on it and can't get his hand down in time. And 44th minute, advantageous time to score a goal. Uh, we were up 2-0, and, and that we didn't do a ton else offensively, so it was really nice to get two goals from, the, from those kind of chances. I mean, sometimes there's some game management that goes into it too, right? Sometimes, and I, don't, I didn't watch this whole game, and so I'll ask you um, if you think this is what happened, but sometimes because you're up, you don't go on the offensive. You play a little more, with a little less pressure and intensity. You kind of sit back, you don't take as many chances, maybe you hold the ball defensively, and defensive possession's a thing that Rod Underwood teams do. So I wonder if you think that had anything to do with, or you think we just got lucky, that we, not lucky, we made a couple good plays and then worked that great outside of that. So like, if you if you go back to the seventh minute where we got that the goal on that first shot, LA was the dominant team in possession and, and had didn't create anything like special or good, but looked more lively, looked more like creating in those first few minutes. And then I think I think that truly set the tone for the rest of the of the first half, even despite you know us going up one nil. LA was was largely the the protagonist of the game, and what it allowed was the the breaking opportunity because uh, they were pushing numbers four, which forced us back a little bit. And, and it allowed that little extra space that sometimes we need. Uh, teams that play compact against us, sometimes it's very, very hard for us to score. But teams that want to play open against us... It's a bad idea. Even if they're, even if they're good, you know, pretty good team, like LA Force, when they want to be, 
it opens up gaps, and we have the players that can make some plays with some space. And I think that's really how we got a 2-0 lead, despite not playing the kind of football that I think Rod wants us to play. Uh, and then and, and the third goal comes in maybe the 65th minute or so, and it's just, a, it's just an odd sequence of events where McGrath kind of clears the ball, uh, preventing it from, from being passed to, to an, an outside back for LA Force, and the ball just squirts up the sideline uh, and just rides the line the whole way. He continues his run just in case it stays in. It does stay in, and it creates a three-on-two situation, um, and, and McGrath's ball in to, to Nags. He just takes a, a kind of opens his body, opens his hips, takes a little touch, and then Mumu collects it, cuts inside a little bit, curls one, Keeper's able to get a hand on it, but not not enough, and it's three nil. Uh, just a very very good, solid you know awareness and and then like a little bit of lethality, uh, putting a game away, uh, especially that you may not have like necessarily played your opponents off the pitch, but it's three nil and it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And 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 it's unfortunate that ten minutes later we conceded one that we probably shouldn't have. Um, but like that's just that's sometimes the way the way things go. So I obviously wasn't there. You you mentioned to me that the crowd was bumping. Um, oh, it was absolutely lit, and it seemed like we maybe got into LA's heads a bit um, with with the pressure of the situation. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they they definitely lost their heads um, with with the crowd, and I I think the the opposite happened on Wednesday. Is it's so tough to to when you're the when you're CFC. You play in 3,500 3, people, and it's a regular occurrence to play in front of thousands. You go to an environment like Wednesday as we transition to, to Wednesday's game where there's maybe 50 people in the building. There's absolutely no energy. Nobody's talking. Like there, There's not even a little bit of that normal 300 to 500 people in the stands buzz. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing. And I think, I think it contributed to, to us, uh, us feeling a little bit dead. Uh, because the environment was dead. And conversely, what I think it allowed L.A. to do was to not keep, not lose their heads. They were able to keep shape in the first half. They were able to, uh, they, they did not come out and press. They let us have the ball. They, they kept their shape. And I think, like, the, the calm environment, basically, kept them under control and prevented gaps from from opening up that would allow us to take advantage of it. Yeah, I think, I also think, and you and I actually think disagree on this, we've talked about it a little bit um, in between times, I think playing on grass was a a factor, was and factor. I don't think it was the main factor, I'll call it like 10% of it. But I think there was just a million things that changed between Sunday and Wednesday. And first of all, it's so quick, right? That is such a quick turnaround. Second of all, they had time to get used to us, to kind of learn what we were going to try to do, to prepare for us. We had to travel across the country, but they did too. But now they're sleeping at home. We're pl- we've played on turf all year. I believe this is our first game on grass all year. Uh, I'd have to go back. And I don't, to, I don't think it slowed us down tremendously. I'm not saying that. But I do think it's one variable that changes. Now, look, I know we have a bunch of Cal United guys who played in this stadium all year last year. So I'm not suggesting that that's the reason we lost, but I think when you change a bunch of things, sometimes the margins are pretty fine. And if you don't have your best game or you make a coach's decision, and there's no blame here, I think this is probably done with a real reason, leaving Jesus Ibarra on the bench the whole game. Uh, you know, he changed the game, as you mentioned on the, on goal number two in 
uh, at home. Like, oh, his yeah. use in this game could have changed the game as well. Um, but I think you're managing the minutes, and you're worried about not the regular season, but worried about the rest of the season, including the playoffs. So you don't want to – I don't know the reason. I'm guessing it's minutes management. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a very different thing playing here a few days later. And so, man, I – I feel I felt very bad. I was very grumpy. Um, <laughs> Michael's here with us in the room and, and been hanging out all week, and I think you guys can probably both attest that I was very grumpy after the game, uh, or very sad. Just, but I think now two days, three days later, what is it? Three, say Sunday, four days later, I don't feel good about it. To be clear, but I feel much better than I did. It. I. I, I said this. I think. On, result. I mean. I think I said this on on Twitter, and and I should actually note here. Uh, Juan Luis started and played 90 minutes in place of Jesus Abarra. That was the only change from the starting 11 from Sunday to Wednesday. Um, Beto Alvarenga came in for, for 19 minutes uh, for Luis Garcia Sosa. And as, Lenny, as, as he usually does. And Lenny Lopez was a uh, stoppage time sub to, to try to give a, a little bit of a target presence, which I th- actually thought worked in those last few minutes. We came very, very close to equalizing. Um, I, I, I think there is... I think a lot of Wednesday and the disappointment around Wednesday comes down to two things. It sucks to have your first loss of the season. Uh, because I think everyone looks at this team like, oh man, they, a couple bounces go their way. Like, this is, this is a team that really can go undefeated. And, and, and possibly should. Uh, and I, re, I, I would remind people that even teams with a 99% chance of winning every single game, the actual odds of going undefeated in a, in a regular season, even one that's kind of as short as Nisa's is, mm. uh, the odds of, of even winning every game 99% of actually doing it are astronomically low. Right. Uh, just for the way odds work. So like, it's not unheard of that the loss finally happens. If you look back on our season, there have been times when we played extremely well. Started at the beginning of the season very, very well. Had a long lull in there, really, until Jesus Abara uh, entered the frame after Taylor's injury, uh, and where we, where we started really picking it up. And then there's been a, a bit of a lull in in this August period, uh, kind of starting at the at the end of July, going through going through August, where we only played a couple of matches. So, like it's like, sometimes if you don't play your best. Even for a team that is good like CFC is, uh, like just winning games or just not losing games becomes almost unsustainable. At some point, whether it's bad play or bad luck, will eventually enter the picture. Uh, and the second reason why it, it hurts is because it's LA Force, because it's Bob Friedland, guy who owns Nisa, and, and who's the reason why Nisa is never going to be successful, is never going to work. Um, he's borderline a criminal running a, a, a league that l- loves to play with crimes. Like, you know, it, 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 and, and that really, really sucks because he's the thing that held back our, our dream of like really making an independent soccer, something special. Um, and so it sucks that like, he's the one that, that beats us and ends the undefeated streak. But the good part is this is still the regular season. Right, and yeah, you're 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 rather, yeah, you'd rather have this one than... Uh, if you're going to lose one, the, this the, is the time to lose one. Then, yeah. So, so I, and, and, like, here's the other thing. I think 
you know, it, it, I think we, we needed a little bit of a kick in the ass. Yeah, for I, sure. And, and I, I, I think we had an air of invincibility, or at least I certainly did as a fan, that like we were just going to keep on chugging. And while we did, we didn't, I, I don't think we played poorly. I think we just, we didn't play our best game. We limited them for the most part, but then we didn't limit them in the key situations and we didn't come through in the key situations. Yeah. But I don't think, this wasn't a shocker. We didn't deserve to lose this game for nothing. You know, right. we didn't, we also didn't, um, so we went to, yesterday was my birthday, um, Michael and Matt and I and everybody else cruised up to Irvine to watch Orange County play uh, Indy, not Indy 11, El Paso, and Orange County got absolutely fucked. They <laughs> they should have had four penalties. I, I swear to God, like four nailed on penalties. We watched the replay. I mean, it is un. It just missed call after missed call. And we're not talking like a foul at mid that should have been a second yell. I mean, we're talking like clear, a handball that blocks the ball directly from the going in the goal. I mean, the ball's on frame. Maybe the goalkeeper gets it, but like it's. I mean, it's just atrocious refereeing, and they, they ended up drawing. But um, it was atrocious refereeing. For whatever reason, that didn't happen. Luckily, because the injustice would probably make me more angry. But we we didn't have that. We just didn't play a great game, and we played a team that's actually pretty talented. On on their day, when LA Force plays well and and they execute whatever game plan is going on, and they play together. They're they're the like they're one of the more talented teams in the league. They're probably the other like, most talented team other than us. So like yeah. that's a that's not a team you want to like necessarily lay an egg against. No, no, uh, no. And if you don't play well. Then you really run the risk of of having having something you know enough bad luck happen or or, or enough just events happen uh, to get beat. So so let's talk about the goals real quick, and then let's uh, touch on a little club to Leon and whether we think we're playing in two weeks, and then let's Ooh. bounce out of here. Okay. Oh, and maybe a little preview of San Diego. So uh, the goals it, it finishes two one LA Force. We score first to go up one nothing, and then LA scores two. Matthew Tana, take us through how you were feeling about them. Yeah, it's our first corner of the game, actually, uh, in roughly the 64th, 65th minute. Uh, Alex McGrath plays the ball in back post. Aiden Bowers just heads it back across. And um, Mumu has to do a lot of work here to to get the ball. Like, I mean, it's an easy it's, it's an easy one where he could connect with it on the half volley and just sky it uh, into into L.A. County. But he uh, he's able to get it down. He hits it in, like Mumu hits it into the ground. Uh, and it kind of goes into an awkward place, and, and, and Rivas for LA Force just can't clear it and kind of clears it into his own net, although the ball was completely on frame anyway. Uh, and it's just one of those things, like, you know, in, in the moment, it was like, oh, man, like, if, if, if that's going to be the way we get a goal here, like, we really might actually go undefeated. This is like, this is like crazy luck. Uh, Michael, how are you feeling when that goal went in? Get in here, get uh, get close to the mic, people. Yeah, like right here. Right here. Um, yeah. It again. It was almost frustrating. Like we said, if if we really did have that luck, it would have been an incredible run so far that season. But it just, I, I just remember the whole game. Rod was just yelling at them. There was almost that lack of like confidence or. Um, concentration maybe and yeah so, like it's it's 
it was almost a relief that we got it and it's like okay well, at least we got the one in we maybe we will pull this one out but yeah it, it, it uh, spoilers you know no it didn't <laughs> it didn't happen so like it was wasn't it was pretty weird for me i don't know if either one of you have been this season that close to rod i don't know when you were in maryland yeah you were yeah. that you could were you that close could you hear him yelling yeah. the whole game in maryland was did you seem oh, this is complete just conjecture but did you seem less upset or more upset in maryland um I don't remember him being this upset in Maryland. I think he was a bit more upset here. Yeah, he seemed really yeah. frustrated to me. And I don't mean like frustrated in a way that's like, oh no, something's like, we're we're doomed. I just mean like, you could see that whatever we were trying to do and whatever he had designs on us doing in his mind, we were not doing. Yeah, he was, he was con pretty consistently yelling about positions and, and getting in the right spaces and passing and... Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I mean, we we struggled to 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 build up and break through lines, and when we struggle to do that, unless we're, I mean, I mean, we scored on a set piece, but unless we're like creating a lot of chances from set pieces, we just won't create a ton of chances. And and I I think if I think if you would ask him, you know, we didn't we didn't play enough of our game to give ourselves a chance to win, to give a give ourselves a chance to insulate us from. Uh, from from a good team making a play or, or or doing whatever, so let's let's talk about the next goal. So that was we go up one nothing. Feels good. Mumu does a backflip. Vibes are high. Um, I think we're all nice we're all flip. feeling pretty good. It was, it was great. I mean, Mumu can backflip. And then the the next goal is not the penalty. The penalty is what wins it. Correct. It's I tend to remember the order. It's a goal that to me was just like what, like it was just real because it was very quick. It was a, just a little play down the line, play in, smash it home. And I, because we haven't given up shit all season like that, I think it just had me a little bit lulled to sleep because I was so surprised and so just kind of, you know, shell-shocked by, by the goal. And then honestly, like, I didn't think we were that bad after that. We were just fine. We were just no, kind of managing I, I the thought, game. No, I thought we came, I thought we, like, really came to life afterwards. Um, but, like... Once, once you're, it's one one. Like a mistake, or you know, not great pressure in the right moment. Like all, that's all it takes to change a game entirely. And you know, we give up, we give up a penalty. Uh, and I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk out there afterwards about you know, the, maybe the dubious nature of the penalty. But I also, I, I, and I don't know if Jung, Jung made contact at all. But what I do know is, is that it looks like he did. It, it looks like that he was trying to, or or, or whatever. Well, and he was try, wasn't trying to make contact. But when you stick your leg out, you make the referee make a decision. And I'm not mad at like things happen. This is our third string right back. We signed a starting right back in Partida, who was at the game with his his lovely lady and their adorable child. Yeah. Got to say hi. Yeah. Uh, they were great. Shout they out. are great. Shout out. He, you know, but he blew out his knee. Yeah. That was our starting right back this year. Then Colin Stripling has been uh, adapted and he's been great all season. We've sung his praises on this podcast a lot, but then he's now out with injury. So this is our third, and, and Jungwoo played a bunch of games to begin the season when we were struggling with injury then. But when you're down to your third string right back, you don't expect perfection is my point. Yeah. I do I do expect that he will learn and grow from this. This is a brand new pro. It's yeah. his first year. He's been very solid overall all season. And it sucks that he made what I would call a mental error in making that challenge in the box, but he'll rebound from it, and it doesn't yeah. matter if it was a penalty or not. It's it's one of those where the referee had to make the decision, 
it's right there, and it's just he never should make that challenge. Also, I, I, I yeah, I, I want to go back to a little bit more philosophy, uh, philosophy here. Like, let's say the ref is like, no, that's that's a dive, and the game ends one one. We're still undefeated. Like that's that's the margins on on some, how the, some of the stuff works. That's how mm. the, the margins work in. In, in, in soccer and in sports and especially in playoff one-offs. Oh, and don't forget we've tied some games on some ninety-plus minute yeah, Marcus free yeah, kicks. Like, yeah, like we, we've done some stuff. We're not undefeated because we've been the most dominant team in history. We've been pretty dominant in a lot of portions, especially defensively. We've also gotten a ton of luck. But we've gotten some luck. I wouldn't say a ton, but some luck to go along with it. Um, fair, fair, fair. So let's talk about. Uh, we got we got to talk about this quickly so we can release before you know before the, 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 before the game actually begins. So you want to preview San Diego and then go straight into Club Leon? Well, let's do that. Yeah. So uh, just in a, in a few hours here uh, is a, a match at uh, Albion San Diego, um, same same place that hosted a, a five 0 win earlier in the se- season in April for CFC. Uh, we beat them at our place two 0 about a month later. This is going to be an interesting one. Albion have kind of consistently been in second place in the league for most of the year. Uh, they haven't played in a, a little bit, and I think now they're actually they've dropped into fourth or whatever. But the really two through four is very very tight together, and uh, it's a big game for them. They're going to be looking to they're going to be looking for 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 a win, try to catch us while we're down, uh, keep momentum high for them. Obviously, getting a home playoff game for them is massive because uh, they don't have the money to travel, so it's incredibly important. Uh, but it, it's also an opportunity for for CFC. Like we we need we need a rebound. We need to like really. Uh, oh, we need a statement game here. Yeah, like I, I think. It's well, a, I, 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 I think it's important for us to have yeah. a statement game against another team higher in the table. That that Wednesday night was a fluke, and and that there's no question who the best team in this league is right now, and uh, so it's a massive game in in, in terms of that. And and hopefully we'll see a, a bar tonight, uh, and that the. You know him sitting on Wednesday was was only precautionary or minutes management or whatever, um, and 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 we go from there, get some goals, and feel feel good flying back to Tennessee. What does a win look like besides just three points today? More, more goals than the other team. So one nothing win, you're fine. Listen, I, I think we would all like to win five five nothing again. I don't think that's necessarily realistic. That was fun though. Uh, I would like to be dominant. Uh, and honestly, like a dominant but like unlucky draw, in some ways may be better. It'd be worse for narrative, but it may be better for, uh, for the team, right? I don't know if my heart can take that, Matthew. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really want that. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but I I think I, I want to see a, a truly like return to the principles of how we play. I want us to to choke the life out of Albion, uh, and and make it tough for them and and. No matter how they want to play, if they want to come out and press us, then you know let's play out of the back, let's carve them up, let's get on the break uh, in, in transition moments. If they want to sit back and try to absorb pressure, let's just you know little by little force them five yards back, five yards back, and then break them down when it's time. Uh, whatever whatever they try to do, let's play our game and how how we play our game. And I think if we do that and we're committed, the goals will come. Marcus hasn't scored in the league from open play um, in a while. I think he's due for he's due for one. Um, you know, I'd like, love to see Alex kind of keep this. Alex and Mumu keep this up uh, in in the in the score column. Love to see Abara get back there. You know, it's a great it's a great opportunity against a a team that historically will try to come out and play and leave some space. I think we're gonna come out pissed off, and I hope 
I hope we execute on that. All right, um, so we were all sitting uh, in a little cafe in Little Italy, um, the three of us and Ella, and we got the news that uh, Club de Leon is forfeiting, or has forfeited, uh, their last game because of lack of venue availability. But if you read a little between the lines, and if you read it, if you read the um, article written by what's what's our Rick? Rick, thank you. Sorry, Rick, um, if you're listening, he, who wrote a, a great piece, kind of laying out what seems to have happened. It appears that it's not so much venue available, or, or let me put it this way: the venue availability may be a factor of not paying their bills, which is just classic your That's So Nisa moment of the day. Yeah. Uh, Club de Leon may not be paying, there was rumors they weren't paying their players. Um, we all know Nisa has trouble paying referees. Um, apparently, they're having trouble paying their bills to, vent, uh, not vendors, sorry, to um, stadiums as well. So, Matthew, in two weeks, uh, give me the over-under on chances of us going uh, to play Club de Leon because you and I have plane tickets currently booked. Yeah, so this is actually going to be kind of a breaking news for you type thing. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna cancel. I don't think, I don't think the the worst possible thing that can happen is this gets dragged out for two weeks and then I'm on a train somewhere in like North Carolina in the middle of the night, and and like somebody says, hey, by the way, the, you know, it's a forfeit. The game's not being played. Like whatever. Then I'm just gonna be stuck on a train for another fifteen hours. Well, uh, that's something you would enjoy. Yeah, but I think I think at this point I'm I'm I think I'm I'm gonna probably cancel my Delta return, and just get a return flight from DC and just and just call it because I don't think Nisa can be trusted to be able to put on games. Well, good morning to me. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm in for that. I think we should just let's just get on the boat all weekend instead. But if they play that game. I want to be there. What are the odds they're going to play that game? Then? So that's what I was asking. Like, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's under fifteen. Under fifteen percent chance they yeah. play. Michael, what do you think? Under fifteen. Under fifteen percent. I'm going to say under ten percent chance they yeah. play that yeah. game. So um, let's just let's just. But I do think there is a chance uh, because what may happen, and we've seen this in the past. We saw it with with Gold Star to some extent. We saw it with Syracuse. Uh, we've seen it with some scheduling stuff with Albion. The league does come through because they wouldn't exist if they didn't because they can't screen anybody properly. Um, they come through and they sometimes pay some bills and they get things righted to make or whatever. They figure out some ways to keep a team playing because, again, Nisa wouldn't exist if they didn't prop up multiple teams every year. So yeah, I think they've already. I, that's I think, why I think they've already committed to doing that for Gold Star, though. So if like, it wasn't, if when I say ten, the reason I say ten percent, that's high. I think it was up to Club de Leon. From everything we can see from the outside, that game's 100% off. Uh, I just think there's still a 10% chance that Nisa comes in and, and pays for it. But I think that's our podcast, Matthew. Um, Michael, thanks so. for joining us as a, uh, as a guest host recap person. Um, listeners, thank you for listening. Apologies for the probably terrible audio in this one. It is the three of us in a hotel room with a microphone. Um, it is not an easy uh, setup for, for audio. So um, it, it, however it came out... Thank you for listening. If you made it to the end, if you are listening to this after the Albion results, uh, I hope you are, and I guess I hope we are at the same time having a, a happy day of, <laughs> after a win. You both have red eyes tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after this game, and I've got a, a work trip uh, for the first half of uh, for the first half of next week. So like in terms of in terms of the next podcast, it may be uh, it may get pushed all the way to. I don't know, Savannah or something like that. We'll have to see end of the week. Uh, maybe Thursday we can record. It's all the, the one probably the wildest thing about all of this, and then let's sign off, is that this is our first 
podcast from a hotel room. We've done a podcast from a pool. An airport. An airport. But we've And we've been in countless hotels together for games, but we've never done a podcast from a hotel room. Well, let's mark that off the list. Let's mark it off the list. Listeners, thank you for listening. Catch up with you later. Peace.